live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Condon, five minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. So we take you up until noon uh, momentarily. Dave Sproul on Iowa State and the Big 12. And then Scott Dockerman on the Hawkeyes. Indiana is willing to write that check for $10,350,000 to say goodbye to Archie Miller. That's the buyout that he has. $10.35 million not to coach in Bloomington. Good work if you oh. can find it, huh? That's why I don't understand. He's such a nice guy. Yeah, you don't want to do that. He's a human being. He's got family. They're going to be just fine. Right. Just fine. Those kind of parachutes land very softly. Oh, my, my, my. Uh, Dave Sproul, KASI. That's where Iowa State plays. Uh, 1430 on the AM dial, he joins us. Hello, Dave Sproul. How are you? Good. I'm just thinking about how, you know, uh, the buyout for Steve Prohm is only half that for Archie Miller, so Iowa State's got a relative bargain out in hand. I guess you can look at it that way. You know, um, <laughs> Dave, I'm, I think it's going to happen. I'm convinced it should happen. I'm not sure it's going to happen. I talk to people that I trust, that I believe are, it's particularly one of them, um, that I, that, that has an ear. He's not even sure that there's going to be a change in uh, at the top of the of the men's program. Where are you? What are you hearing? I haven't heard much, but I mean, every logical bone in my body tells me this has to happen. Same way. If you don't change. Yeah, if you don't change coaches, I mean, good luck selling tickets next year. Who's going to want to get on that bandwagon? Uh, not too many people I know. That's that's for sure. Uh, this has got to be, you got to look at this in the long term. $5 million is a lot of a, you know, on a down payment to get rid of your coach, so to speak. But in the long run, if you keep him around, how much are you going to lose in donations and season tickets that you don't sell and and anything else that goes along with that? I mean, it's, it's hard to justify bringing back a coach who went all for the conference season, two wins for the whole season overall, and has won less than, I think, 20 games in the last three years in the Mm -hmm. Big 12. I mean, it's just, uh, there's just no logical reason, I think, to keep Steve Prohm around. But stranger things, I suppose, have happened. Can you think back, Dave? I'm try. I was trying to compare the uh, not the outcry, uh, but certainly the, the the fan base's feelings towards Paul Rhodes when he was given that extra year. I thought it should have happened the year before. Again, they don't get Campbell in all likelihood if Pollard would have pulled the trigger the year before. Can you compare what the 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 fan base where they're at with Prome as to where they were at with Paul Rhodes? Were they similar, or does it seem like the Prome um, the outcry is louder? I, I tend to think the Prome outcry is louder, actually, and I don't know if that's because you know Iowa State has a little more history and a little more maybe some more passion for or higher expectations. I should say, for its football program. Uh, There are some similarities in that. Both are guys that you really wanted to do well. They're good people and guys who wanted to do their jobs the right way and really cared about their their players. Um, The the thing is, it just, I think with football, it just became 
it was more of a slow decline in football, whereas basketball really feels like it's falling off a cliff here. And I think that's probably in, engendered more passion about the basketball program where we're at right now compared to where Paul, where football team was with Paul Roach. But the other similarity being is that, you know, we've gotten to a point now where you're at the end of the run and it's pretty obvious a change needs to be, needs to be made. Dave, the other side of this is if there is one athletic director in the country that could make this decision to bring back a coach with the record that Steve Prohm has had the last couple of years and three of the last four years, it is Jamie Pollard. I have never seen, as closely as I follow college athletics, a fan base that loves their athletic director like they do. Because of that and because of the financial situation, what do you think if Pollard makes the decision to bring Prohm back, how easy of a sell will it be just because of the way the fan base respects and looks at Jamie Pollard? Uh, it's a tough sell, I think, no matter how you slice it. I, I think for as respected and, and as well-liked as Jamie Pollard is in the Iowa State fan base, he would lose a lot of goodwill uh, if he doesn't make that change. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe – I don't know if he can say it. I mean, it's got to be a majority of fans right now would probably agree a change needs, mm-hmm. needs to be made. Yeah. Uh, and, and how many of those would actually, you know, give up their season tickets or not donate as much or maybe just not donate at all to the, the athletic department? I guess it's really hard to put a – a number or percentage or whatever on that, but I don't think that's a risk that that uh, Jamie Pollard can take uh, because, uh, yeah, a, a lot of goodwill would just fly out the door, I think, if he tries to find a way to justify keeping Steve Prome around. I, I do want to get into the bracket. Just a couple more on this uh, before we let you go. Apparently, you know, the selection committee, their, their work is done. Uh, is, is Pollard got a cross-country event that's going to keep him away from Ames today before? And, and so I guess then the follow-up to that would be, do you know when the sit-down with Prome is supposed to happen? Because Prome let it be known after they get got knocked out in Kansas City last week that uh, they're, they're going to meet at some point this week. When will that be? And is Pollard on the road at a cross-country event today do you know it's my understanding he is at the cross-country national championships men's and women's are both today i believe that's Terre Haute, indiana but don't quote me on that we didn't probably didn't have to go far from his duties as uh, a member of the men's basketball committee so the soonest i would imagine he could meet with pro would be tomorrow i don't know if that's going to be the case but uh obviously it's something the sooner he takes care of one way or another uh, probably the better for, for Iowa State and everybody involved. Uh, but it's interesting, you know, I mean, cross-country is obviously close to his heart as a former runner mm-hmm. in college himself. And uh, the fact that both the Iowa State men's and women's teams are probably going to finish in the top ten, perhaps even top five, if not better, uh, in, in both men's and women's cross-country today, uh, that's a good reason for him to be at those mm-hmm. meets. So uh, I, I can understand why he wants to, to be there for that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's no getting around the fact that at some point he's going to have to come back and Ames. He's going to have to sit <laughs> down across the table with Steve Broman and uh, hash some things out. Well, as we look at the big bracket and the Big 12, Dave, I think this goes to show us once again that what happens late in the season usually doesn't matter because late in the season Oklahoma State was as good as anybody. And they clubbed West Virginia one time, beat him another, beat Baylor late, and here they are on the forward line where some people thought they would have beat Texas on Saturday night. They were going to be on the two line. Goes to show you it is still the total body of work. How surprised were you to see West Virginia or Oklahoma State, excuse me, as the four and West Virginia as the three? 
Uh, a little surprise there because I, I think Oklahoma State's body of work actually overall is maybe a little bit better than, than with West you. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't have all the stats and net rankings and quad one wins or whatever they, they call it. Uh, I don't have all that information in front of me, but certainly seems like, and, and yeah, the, the people on the committee will say up and down that they don't take into account like how a team did its last 10 or five games or whatever. But Oklahoma State certainly seems to be playing about as well as anybody who's outside of the top two or three seeds in, in the country uh, right now and uh, a team that maybe deserved to be seeded a little bit better and a team I think is in good position, at least among Big 12 teams, to make a pretty good run and maybe even make the, the final four behind a, a really talented guy like Cade Cunningham. Obviously, they got to do that. They got to get through Illinois, which is a, a pretty good team in and of itself, too. So uh, I don't know if that's a realistic option or maybe getting you know dropped to that seed line where they're at works against them because they're going to have to face Illinois in the Sweet 16 if that uh, comes to be. But I think they're a team that uh, not a lot of people are going to want to mess with uh, going into this tournament. You know what? And I couldn't agree more with both of you guys that I thought that the, the three and the four seeds were reversed. But the fact that potentially, and, and you just touched on it, Dave, that Illinois and Oklahoma State could meet in a Sweet 16, DeSomo and Cunningham, sign me the heck up for that. That would be appointment TV. So what about the one seed Baylor? Do you think they're vulnerable? I thought that they would win the tournament. They're not the same team since they came back from COVID. They've shown glimpses of being that team defensively. Uh, maybe not taking as, uh, as paying much as much attention to the defensive end of the floor as they were. Do you think Baylor is a, uh, is vulnerable to an early out? In fact, may not get past the eight nine winner, North Carolina, Wisconsin. Where are you on the Bears? I think they can get past North Carolina or Wisconsin, but beyond that, I mean, it's it's going to be a tough road to hoe the rest of the way if they played like they did in that that Big Twelve tournament game uh, where they just really didn't look as good as I thought they had been playing going into it. Uh, so of the number one seed, I might look at Baylor right now and say they are the most vulnerable yeah. uh, of the ones. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm not terribly impressed with North Carolina and Wisconsin, and maybe I'm underrating them a bit. But uh, getting you know in the subsequent rounds, I think they Baylor might be right for an upset or – you know they're just gonna they maybe to take that extra time uh, that uh, they gain by bouncing out of the Big Twelve tournament early and regroup and get back to their defensive principles and and get back on track and you know it, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them make a Final Four run as well. Uh, obviously they're going to be in a good position to do it if they can play at that level where they were earlier in the season. Texas Tech, of course, against Iowa State looked really good. Mm-hmm. They've been inconsistent this yep. year. Every time it feels like they get their footing, they stub their toe. Maybe it's just because of the man crush I have on Chris Beard. I mean, <laughs> that guy, he is just, I respect him so, so much. But I look at their draw there. I like Arkansas, but I, I think they can certainly get past them in the round of 32 after they dispatch Utah State. And then it's Ohio State in the Sweet 16. Am I crazy? Texas Tech, they had the magic two years ago. Last time we had a tournament getting the final game that there's another run in front for the Red Raiders? It's possible. I think Texas Tech is a, is a coin flick. They're, I think they're either going to go out early or they're going to make a deep run. I don't think there's much in between with them. And it's that inconsistency you mentioned that, that really you know, doesn't give me a lot of faith that they're going to be uh, a team that makes a deep run. But they certainly have the capability. I think if they get the right matchups and you know get uh, get hot offensively, you know that the defense is going to be there for Chris Beard, but... They'll need to, you know, really get hot offensively. I think to make a deep run, and, and but they have the capability of doing that. 
So they're they're going to be a mystery team to me, uh, kind of a coin flip as to whether they they bow out early or knock on the door of the Final Four at the very least. Dave, have you heard uh, when moving over to Kansas uh, and, and moving into the West? Have you heard who the Jayhawk is? Uh, that apparently is the COVID positive and therefore all the contact tracing and self was on uh, the bracketology show on ESPN. He thinks that they're going to be fine, uh, with the exception of the one player. And McCormick was, was one of the two and obviously the more important of the two that was unable to participate in the Big 12. Is he the air quote unnamed player, uh, that, that has the potential of missing this tournament? Do you know Dave Sproul? I do not. I, I have really no insight to that uh, whatsoever. But if it is David McCormick, if if he's the guy who can't go, that's going to be a big blow to mm. KU's chances of making a run in, the, in in this tournament. And I'm not feeling real good about it. I, I we talked a couple weeks ago. I thought Kansas might be in position to make a Big Twelve tournament run. Then we find out that you know two guys are going to be out, and then they have this whole situation where they can't play at all. So I'm not really feeling a lot of faith right now in Kansas. Which could be, you know, now that that's reversed from what I felt two weeks ago, maybe they'll go on a run or something. But, uh, yeah, with, with the situation they're dealing with, it is kind of hard to put a lot of faith in the idea that they could, you know, play deep into this tournament. Uh, women's bracket comes out tonight. Iowa State going to be what? Seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there? Uh, it looks that way. ESPN has them as a seven seed, which is. Certainly a better case than being an eight nine seed and yeah. getting a number one seed sure. in, in the second round because and it's the two I mean the top eight seeds in the women's tournament are gonna be really strong, but the top the number one seeds in, in women's tournaments are even bigger favorites than you see in the men's tournament because there's just a wider gap between like the number one through four, one through five women's teams and even the number twenty women's team uh in in the country. You know, up at upsets happen in that tournament as well, but uh, Iowa State, I think you're looking at a team that's certainly going to be capable of winning a first-round game, but they're going to, obviously, whether it's a 7, 8, 9 seed, they're going to run into a really tough matchup in, in the second round. But they've had a great season, and uh, they'll be very excited to make another trip to the tournament, especially after you know they couldn't do it last year. Mm, last thing, back to the men's game. Uh, who is playing in the national championship on the first Monday in April, and who's cutting down the nets? Uh, I like Gonzaga, um, and I wish I could be uh, more creative, but I think I'll go. Well, well, I don't even have my bracket in front of me, so I couldn't tell you who's on the other side. Illinois, give me Gonzaga. Yeah, I'm really tempted to go with Illinois because uh, you know I'm not too creative about making <laughs> picks, I guess, and uh, they're a trendy pick. Uh, but I, I like Gonzaga. I really just like how complete that team is and how consistent they've been. The only time they've shown any amount of weakness was the first half of the West Coast Conference championship game, and they really righted the ship in the second half. So it's it's hard to pick again that is that uh, pick against a team that's that talented and that consistent. Good stuff, Dave Sproul. I'm guessing we'll learn Tuesday or Wednesday the fate of uh, of Steve Prohm. I uh, would be surprised if it goes any further than that. Yep. Dave, thank you. Appreciate it. You bet. Thanks. Good to talk to you, Dave Sproul. KSI fourteen thirty. On the AM dial, that is where Iowa State plays in Story County. And appreciate Dave coming on. And look forward to his football coverage, spring football yeah, right. coverage. April. April 1. April Ish. 1. So two weeks before we have... Uh, that's all right with me. That works. No, not at all. Get us get it in the May. So you uh, you mentioned the women's bracket comes out tonight. Yeah. ESPN has Iowa as a five seed after their run to the Big Ten title game. 
Iowa State as a seven. And did you see the story of the Drake women yesterday? I did, yes. Or over the weekend, really. So Bradley had a positive case. The NBC still wanted them, though, to play Missouri State. Missouri State, who's already in, they're a top mm-hmm. 15 they team. They said, no, no, no. They said, the hell with that. Right. We're going home. But You're did, not going to make us play a team that had a positive case. So can I ask you, and I stop you there just yeah. to get this. Did the rules change from the week before when the men were there? Well, St. Louis versus the Quad Cities. I thought it was in St. Louis. No. Yep. They're, they're it used answer. to be in St. Charles, yes. I think, the women's. But yeah, yeah, they moved to the Quad Cities seven, eight years ago. I did not know that. So that was the reason behind that. Oh. Yeah. So Missouri State said, we're leaving. So then they had Bradley play Loyola. Right. The winner of that plays Drake. Drake then, women, had all these positive cases. Mm-hmm. And do you know who the positive is? Uh-uh. It's not the contact tracing? Branzik. Oh, really? Yeah, she's the. She's, uh, I saw that on Twitter yesterday. The gen, or maybe it was in the, uh, one of the register stories, okay. apparently. Yeah. So they had eight players and only one assistant coach. Mm-hmm. That's it. And they had the lead late in that game, too. Did they? Yeah. Had the lead late. Bradley just ran past him and shot as well as Bradley shot all year. One of those games. Just wild. Scott, Absolutely Scott Dockerman joining us next. Now, I know that you were busy watching. Did you watch any golf yesterday? A little bit, yeah. I did, too, a little bit. Yeah. How about Justin Thomas's drive on 18? Yeah. What is he thinking? Yeah. I mean, it worked out. Well, all of those guys. Hey, DeChambeau, do you see that one that just, he flopped about 150 yards? He topped it. Yeah. yeah. I, and then he goes way right. Mm-hmm. That was wild. Shanking and topping on the final round of a tournament. It was bad timing for just because of the timing. Oh, of it was an awful day to March have the Madness. final round. Yeah, because that's Trent. That is, I don't know if they'll if you if you have to kick a major out to keep the number mm-hmm. four, or you expand it to five. I mean, if you ask the players what they the fifth major champion, it's clearly their, their yes. tournament, right? Yeah. That was a hell of a round. Lee Westwood playing his ass off back-to-back weeks. And it really got me fired up the little bit I watched for Augusta. Did it? It, it got my, my golf juice revved mm-hmm. up. Started thinking about going out. Hey, you know, I hit some balls sometime here pretty soon. Well, not this week. Not at all. But, yeah, that was a, a fun. There's only five games, you know, on Sunday. Yeah. Seems like I kind of forget about that seemingly every mm-hmm. year. Felt like there used to be more. Did there used to be more? I don't know. It always, to me, was the SEC into yep. the Big Ten into Selection Sunday. The ACC used to have those, right? They were, uh, they were yeah, back to Saturday night they crowned their champion. Yep. It was a hell of a weekend. It was a hell of a four, four days, whatever mm-hmm. it was. Well, Wednesday it started, right, for Iowa State and, uh, and some of the like tournaments. Big East was a blowout. Uh, Georgetown gets in at 13-12. and 12. Look out. Look out for They're the Hoyas. Playing well. They certainly are. Chip on their shoulder and doing it for Big John. That was really cool. Yeah, that, that is cool. Patrick Ewing. A lot of people blew with, uh, I thought, maybe I'm the one that's mistaken. I don't think it was a who am I, do you know who I am moment at all for Patrick Ewing. No, if you read it, it reads that way. If you listen to it was, or watch he, he the video, he was smiling, he was laughing right. about it. And yes, a lot of print. folks thought it was, do you know who I am? He was. He was joking while he was saying Precisely. His name's in the rest But that was his house. Let's was. be honest. Yes. You know, my number's hanging up there. Look yeah, up. right, right. Right? You'll see 33. 33? I think he was 33. Yeah. Anyway, I, I didn't take it as, and a lot of folks got a little hot under the collar because apparently that was the issue that was going to get. Now, they moved on the next day, mm-hmm. Twitter did. And then the next day, we found something else to be completely off the rails about. And then comes Sunday. 1125, 1460 KXNO, 106, 11 through the 13th for the boys.
For all of your and your family's eye care needs, make it Elite Eye Care. Dr. Ethan Heisman, Dr. Heidi Bell, and Dr. Kelsey Sawatsky provide expert eye care close to home. From eye exams to contact lenses, eyeglasses to sunglasses, make Elite Eye Care your local optometrist. Set up your next eye care appointment with Elite Eye Care, 9250 University Avenue in West Des Moines, and online at iDrDesMoines.com for podcasting. Global Direct Mail and Marketing is a local design and print shop that'll help you from start to finish. From design to printing and mailing it for you. From wedding invitations to birth announcements. And it's time to be thinking about those graduation announcements. No matter how big or small your project is, Global will work with you from creating a custom design to getting your project inserted into the mail. Global can design, print, and deliver. And Global can help your business grow with custom mailers designed to help you bring new customers through your doors. Located on 121st Street in Urbandale or call Craig at 515-282 3000 It's Global Direct Mail and Market. Have a home with us. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO and now on 106.3 FM. This is KXNO. Miller and Condon, welcome back to Boyne Sports Station, 1460 KXNO 106.3 on the FM dial. Let's get to our friend Scott Dockerman. He joins us on Mondays as we recap the weekend, look ahead to the week. Doc's got a couple of really good reads at The Athletic. He spent Friday night at Kinnick Stadium. Yes, I didn't misspeak that's at wild. Kinnick Stadium. Uh, really informative piece. Of course, down the hall, that's where Iowa State brought uh, down the hall from us. Uh, here on 2141 Grand Avenue in downtown Des Moines. That's where Eric and John and the women's broadcast emanated from. And uh, Kinnick Stadium was the site for Gary Dolphin and Bobby Hansen, uh, as well as the women's game. Doc, I did not know that's where they uh, were doing their broadcasting from. Glad you wrote that piece. What did you learn when writing it, Scott Dockerman? <laughs> hey, thanks for having me on. And, yeah, I would say I learned... Uh... Just, uh, you know, how difficult this pandemic's been on everybody. I mean, you just, you don't think about uh, the radio crews. You kind of expect them to be there, and and yet here they are. They're watching the game just like everybody else. Now, in this case, um, you know, they have uh, different rooms and areas set up at the fourth floor of Kinnick as to, you know, whether where the women's basketball announcers go, the men's. In this case, they're kind of in the uh, national TV booth on the fourth floor, and, and they have three different monitors set up. One is kind of a, a truck feed, um, you know, one's a network feed, and then another one they just had kind of a random game on. So uh, it was fascinating to watch them and, and watch them go and, um, you know, try to decipher the action without actually being able to be there and, and to feel it in person. When you look at that and you look at what they were broadcasting, how they were broadcasting, A, why Kinnick Stadium? Why is it just because of the infrastructure that was there? And then secondly, I look forward to the NCAA tournament. Is this going to be all radio crews going to have to do the same thing for the big dance? Well, they've, uh, you know, Kinnick Stadium has the best, I guess, infrastructure. I mean, that's where everything is. It, it's the biggest area, you know, that fourth floor. It's not really in use, unlike Carver-Hawkeye Arena, which is doubles as kind of the, the university's, um, you know, the athletic department's uh, office space and stuff. So it's it makes perfect sense to use that. They do it for 
like I said, the women, the, the wrestling crew, the baseball and softball teams do it from up there. So it's just it's a wide open area with a lot of access and uh, no use really of the suites this time of year. So I think that's where it uh, where where it makes the most sense. Uh, Doc, as we get to the uh, on the floor, and we'll, I want to start with. Uh, uh, Indiana just firing Archie Miller. You're going to write him a check for $10.35 million, not the coach. There's two 68-year-old coaches that are getting a little bit of buzz towards this job, among some of the other names. You're going to hear John Beeline. There's a lot of folks out there that think that they should pick up the phone and swallow some pride maybe and call Rick Patino. Either of those two, is it time for Steve Alford to come home? Maybe you pluck uh, a Chris Beard out of the Big 12. How about a couple of names? Be- Beeline Patino. Either of those make sense at 68 years of age to you? I think you've got to call them. Um, I don't know how long they would want to be there. And, um, you know, 68, I mean, uh, you know, are they a three to five year guy or are they wanting to go a little deeper than that? I, I don't know. I mean, I do think you got to call them because they've competed and won at a very, very high level. And, uh, Indiana has the resources to, to compete at a, at a high level like that. I mean, you know, with Rick Patino's case, he'd been in, you know, Louisville and, and Kentucky and Indiana has those resources and that tradition that kind of matches that environment. And then John Beeline was at Michigan, which of course, as its level of, of resources, elevated that program when it was really floundering. It was one of the worst jobs, I thought, in the Big Ten at the time when he took over, I think the same year that Licklider took over at Iowa, and uh, you know, and, and elevated twice, took him to the national title game, and it's, it's a much different program now than it was then. So I think you've got to do your due diligence to make that call. Now, Steve Alford, no, I would not call him. I mean, they had chances to make that happen in the past. What has Steve done uh, to deserve that opportunity? He's choked in the tournament at places like New Mexico. He got pushed out at UCLA, and it's not like Nevada had a great year either. So I would say absolutely not. Uh, it's not the time for the, the, you know, the prodigal son to return. It, mm-hmm. It's time for Indiana to put on its big boy pants and be what it is, and, and that is a, uh, a national contender year in and year out. That Indiana job, you know, I saw a lot of people over the last few weeks trying to equate it to Nebraska football. That they're very similar, once great programs of what they are. My disagreement is Indianapolis, you still get great players out of Indianapolis. There aren't that many kids coming out of Omaha that's going to make Nebraska football certainly what it was in the past. Where do you view Indiana as a job? How good is that job today? I think it can be just as good as any job in the Big Ten and, you know, one of the top five to ten in the country i mean it is a blue blood power and as you mentioned trend it's got a it's got a base that's uh well beyond um you know what nebraska football is nebraska football is a different kind of outlier i equate it more to like michigan football which is you get the right coach in there you're not going to have any problems competing for big 10 and ncaa championships if you don't and I think what the problem I've seen with Indiana is they still get high levels of talent. I mean, you know, every year they get a, a you know first team All Big Ten player, but a lot of times it's one and done, and they don't have the the glue players around it to kind of support that foundation and elevate it to allow one you know one and done to do their athletic marvels and and then still compete at high level when they kind of fall off. So uh, that that's that harkens to development. That's uh, finding those pretty tough players to continue to, to elevate the program. So 
that's uh, that, that's what the charge of the next coach is. I mean, Indiana, as you mentioned, that whole state is rabid for basketball, mm-hmm. and it's in one of the greatest areas. Um, it's really is not far from Chicago. Downstate Illinois is great. Uh, you know, east of the Ohio is fantastic. You can get players there, no matter what. It's just can you develop the three stars to become tough, hard-nosed people? That's what Bobby Knight did all those years, and that's why I think that they're capable of making it happen with the right coach. Uh, Scott Dockerman from The Athletic is our guest. Doc, uh, before we get into Iowa, per se, the Big Ten overall, when, when you're filling out your bracket, uh, are, will you lean, if you've got a toss-up game and it involves a Big Ten, uh, North Carolina-Wisconsin, an 8-9 game. North Carolina, Blue Blood, obviously. I'm going to lead to the Big Ten schools um, maybe more than I should. If 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 there's a, a game I'm not sure of, but there's one of, uh, one of those teams that I'm not sure of is a Big Ten t- uh, school, I'm going to put them in just because the conference was so damn good this year. Where are you on the conference overall as to what they, what kind of damage they might do in this tournament? I think they're going to be really good. Um, <laughs> I think every team that, you know, we know of is, is capable of winning. I mean, you know, you go all the way down to, to Michigan State being a, a, a play-in game, I'm going to use that word, those words, play-in game <laughs> team, and, and they can win a couple of rounds. Uh, no question in my mind, and, and then you look again at Wisconsin, um, uh, you know North Carolina. That's just a fascinating matchup because I've seen both teams in person, and Wisconsin is not anywhere near the athletic does not anywhere near the athletic prowess of a of a Wisconsin this year or of a North Carolina this year. But North Carolina is young and full of NBA guys, and, and uh, you know that's a tough one. Uh, but you know I, I think you know whether it's Illinois, Iowa, Michigan. Uh, Michigan State, you know, way down in the bracket, uh, Ohio State. I think you've, you've got to skew. I mean, you've got to understand that they are hardened battle mm-hmm. teams. Now, injuries and other things could, could impact that as well. But, but to have nine teams in the tournament and then a few others like Indiana and Minnesota, which actually beat Iowa, uh, you know, giving you some scares, Penn State, I, I think that you've got to take that. Uh, that Big Ted moniker is going to work for them, at least for a little while. It's Grand Canyon making their NCAA tournament debut led by well, Drew, which uh, at least I, I guess adds a little intrigue there. Thunder Dan helped start up that program. Dan Marley, what, seven, eight years ago. I seen a little Grand Canyon, watched them in the championship game, watched a little more of them last night. 15 seeds can be scary. We've seen eight upsets all time. Doc, I don't think this is one of them. Am I crazy here? I, I don't like say this is going to be a blowout. Feels like this is going to be a blowout. I think it's going to be a blowout. I'm not. I'm not into that. Uh, you know, cold take thing. But I, I tell you what, there's just the, the 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 areas where Iowa is really good. They're not, mm-hmm. and they're not a very. You know, I mean, they they they've lost to some pretty mediocre teams over the year anyway. And and so I mean, I, they they have two centers. They play them all the time. They both start. Uh, they but. You can add them both together and, and mix their skill sets. They're not equaling one Luca Garza. And then you look at the other areas. They can't shoot from three. Um, they are a pretty decent defensive team, but you know they they're terrible when it comes to turnover margin. It's just all those areas where Iowa is outstanding. You know, in, in the national scene, they're not. And so that what it spells to me is okay. Maybe they get in some points. Uh, you know, maybe it's. 10 to 8 at the first uh, media timeout, 
And then all of a sudden, Iowa's going to go on a 16-0 run. And it's just going to be from there. It's going to be a 89 to, to 68 game or something like that. So I, I don't see this being a very close matchup. I'm more interested in what happens after this game. Well, and that's where I wanted to go with you, Doc, because do you anticipate that we're going to see the Gonzaga-Iowa rematch? And if indeed we do, it'll be an Elite Eight game. Do you think we're going to be treated to that? I mean, yeah, I think that's what I would predict. But I will say Iowa does have some roadblocks ahead of it. I mean, I, I think Oregon can be a team that's that's a challenge. I mean, because they do shoot threes so well. And they, they are really good in on-ball defense. I mean, <laughs> you know, their field goal percentage is high. Their, their three-point shooting is good. And, and they steal a lot of passes. And they've got a good turnover margin. That's going to be challenging for Iowa in that matchup. I'm not saying Iowa's not the better team. I think it is, but you know, it's not, I think that could be a competitive game. And then, you know, you, you guys have seen Kansas all year. I haven't seen them that much, but you know, Kansas always has great talent. Uh, they've beaten some good teams. They, you know, in fact, I think they're both they're tied with Iowa with what, eight or nine top 25 victories. So, um, you know that you get in that Sweet 16 if Kansas is there, or USC for that matter. I think USC's, you know, certainly, you know, Evan Mobley is as good as any player in the country. Uh, you know, so I think there are some opportunities there for I, where I wouldn't just rubber stamp that game. But if they do get to Gonzaga, that's that's a really tough matchup for Iowa. We saw it back in uh, December. Iowa was down by 20 at one point. They they were trailing for 35 point uh, minutes and. And to top it off, I mean, that's a team that's even more efficient offensively than Iowa, and that's that's where you get into trouble. So so I'd say this, that before we worry about Gonzaga, you know, an Oregon matchup or a USC or Kansas, um, those are ones that we, everybody needs to be cognizant of. Any chance you make your way to Indianapolis? How does it look for somebody like you? And you got the guys that are on the daily beat, and somebody, if they make it to the second weekend, they make a Final Four, would you be allowed to come in? How is that going to work for, for media members making their way to Indianapolis? Three ground passes, basically, and, and then several of us have virtual passes. I had it, I've, I've had it in for a long time, but, and the, the original hope was I would be able to cover it, not only cover Iowa, but maybe another team or three. But mm-hmm. um, in this case, I am a virtual uh, NCAA uh, reporter, I guess. And so I'll, I'll cover Iowa, but I'm, I'm not going to go to Indianapolis. Now, if they go to the Final Four, I don't know what, what how things would be loosened up or whatever. I mean, that would kind of stink not to be there for a game yeah. like that. But but that said, you know, I'll do my job. And, uh, my, you know, I'm, I am – to be writing some basketball, and I'm going to write wrestling and football this week. It's kind of a busy time of year, busier uh, than it should be, frankly. Give uh, Trent and I something to read as we're both um, athletic supporters uh-huh. and paying subscribers. I think you guys have a pretty good offer going on right now, Doc. Do you not? Do you know offhand? Yeah, for uh, our NFL coverage and our college basketball coverage, you just click on one of those links. So click on mine that I saw three reasons why I would go to the Final Four and three reasons why it might not. Um, it's $1 per month for the next six months. So uh, really good opportunity now, you know, when we're getting into the, to March Madness so, or the NFL free agency frenzy to uh, to jump in and subscribe. So, yeah, just click on my story. We're 
you know, the three reasons why I think they can get to the Final Four um, and, and read away. Indeed, and uh, we did this morning. Scott Dockerman, thank you, Doc. Appreciate you coming on. We will talk to you next week. Thank you, Doc. All right, thanks. Appreciate it. Scott Dockerman on The Athletic as he joins the program, 1145. Uh, by the way, tomorrow for you fans of the NFL, it is a uh, wonderful time in the NFL. The mm-hmm. legal tampering period is on. Uh, some free agents, uh, Shaq Barrett is off the mark, out of the market. He's going to stay in Tampa Bay. But the reason I bring that up, if you're a fan of one of the quote, four regional teams, Kansas City, Minnesota, Chicago, or Green Bay. We're going to spend from 1030 to, well, that segment anyways, uh, taking a look at the regional teams, what they may be shopping for. Fun time of year. I love this time of year. I, yeah, you, I absolutely a, get into it. You're a free agent junkie. You're yep. an NFL draft junkie. Yep. Schedule. I talked with our man, Matt Manassarian from Sports Info Solutions. I saw that. Did he send you the, uh, the, the draft I'm, guide? I'm thumbing my way through it, and then it's you'll have your it. way through it? That's 200 and something pages, is it not? You will get your hands on it soon. Don't worry. I, I see a salivating over there because <laughs> they great. do really great It's work. a long read, but he, yeah. does, he does. We'll have to have him maybe next week, right? Yes. I but we're so. going to do the four regional teams tomorrow. Uh, kind of some separation between that and opening night of the tournament. We'll come back. We'll finish up the program on a Monday. It's Miller and Condon. Uh, we're here Monday through Friday from 10 until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. It's KXNO. March's biggest tournament is finally here. We don't know who will be cutting down the nets in the end, but we do know there'll be no shortage of madness. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. Bet $4 on an underdog. Win $256 if they win. It's that simple. Turning 4 bucks into $256 is 64 to 1 odds. There's no better way to put your college basketball Basketball knowledge to the test and to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on golf, hockey, and so much more. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code KXNO when you sign up to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Iowa only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gamble Human Services. Trek Condon here to let you know my good friends at Renner's Warehouse are in heavy demand right now in Des Moines for three reasons. One, the rental market is booming. People rent during uncertain times and homes are getting leased fast. Two, with professional video marketing and self-showing technology, Renner's Warehouse meets all healthy and safety guidelines for our social distancing world. And three, with regulations changing so quickly, more people are learning that using an experienced property manager is far less stressful than trying to do everything yourself. Now is not the time to DIY or mess with inexperienced property managers. For a low, flat monthly fee, Renner's Warehouse will take the grunt work off your plate with no upfront fees and no paperwork or 3 a.m. maintenance calls. Plus, they can help you turn your part-time rental into a full-time cash flow machine. And if you're a real estate agent, they're offering cash payments for referrals. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429. That's 515-528-4429. Renner's Warehouse, Des Moines. You'll always slash plunge.
Brian Miller and Condon, final couple of minutes. Interesting, apparently Archie Miller, who was fired, if you missed earlier, he was fired in Indiana this morning, his buyout. $10,350,000 for him not to coach. Had Indiana waited one more year, mm-hmm. the buyout would have dropped by 50%. So five from $10 million to $5 million, and they weren't willing to wait one more year, they thought, despite the fact that, um, you know, still... COVID yeah. has, has uh, been a hit to athletic department budgets. So what I'm asking, or pointing out, I guess, it's a $5 million hit. Does it make sense to save $1.5 million by waiting another year uh, on Steve Prohm? Uh, we, we should know tomorrow or the next day, right? Don't you think? Wednesday's got to be the absolute I don't think latest. he gets to the tournament. No. Uh, this, if there's going to be news, well, there's going to be news either way, whether right. he's... And, and to your point, too, uh, if there is one athletic director... It'll be a tough sell, but there's there's no athletic director that has the trust, I don't think. Maybe there is. Yeah. Jamie Pollard is certainly on that very short list of ADs who have the complete trust uh, of their fan base. That doesn't mean everybody loves Jamie Pollard. No, but the majority. You yes. Mean, in Pollard, we trust. Right. You know, seen that look, a million times. And look at Gary Barta and the relationship the Iowa <laughs> fan base has. Yeah. It's completely different. <laughs> a little different. I mean, it's completely different, and you can point to plenty of positives in the Barta era, but ultimately, you can also find the, uh, the, the negatives you know, that go along with it. A lot of it. checks. Yes. Um, I was looking at Zach Osterman. We've had him on before from the uh-huh. Indianapolis Star, boot, uh, Hoosier beat writer. So what are the, some of the names that are being floated out there? Well, here's the not going to happens. Okay. Brad Who, Stevens, every single time. Sure. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Tony Bennett. No. Not going to happen. And Mark Few. No. He's not leaving Gonzaga. All right. So here's the next group then. Okay. Chris Beard. Have to call him. Yes. That's a must. Mm-hmm. Scott Drew. Mm, interesting. Yep. Connections, obviously, yep. to the state. Yep. Beeline, we've For talked sure. about that. Yeah. Then the next group, Nate Oates, Midwest guy. Really? Yeah, he's, look at what his team is doing. I yeah, did love the way, the style that they play. Yeah, that was an unbelievable game yesterday. Yes, it was. Oh, it was nasty. I just, and that's why the, the Alabama system with connections, mm-hmm. they, if he brings that style, that's one I've always liked for Iowa mm-hmm. State, kind of that next group. Is now. Alford's name even on that list? It's at the bottom of the list. Okay. And it's kind of, if things aren't going well, this is the route that they're going to go. And in it, it said, the job has come open four times since 2000. Uh-huh. He has never been seriously considered yeah. a candidate for the job. What about Rick Pitino? Is his name on the list? He wasn't on there. Is it too dirty? I mean, is it just as simple as that? But wouldn't it be kind of a middle finger to Kentucky and oh, Louisville? Yeah. <laughs> Especially I, Kentucky. <laughs> how great is it? Kentucky and Louisville aren't in. Patino's there in year one. I know. With a nine seed. There is a Kentucky school, a, a state of Kentucky school, a Commonwealth of Kentucky school in the tournament, though. Um, but it's not Louisville, or it's not Kentucky. Well, we'll see. It's a big job. It's a buyout of $10.5 million, and they were willing to write that check because I think that uh, it would cost them too much money despite the fact that you save half of it if you just waited one more year. One thing, though, that is out there, and bears mentioning, you know, we talk about filling up Hilton Coliseum next year for Iowa State. That fan base is resilient. Trent, they're going. If Prome comes back, they're still going. Right. They're not, you're not going to see. No, you're not cutting off your nose to spite your face. You're keeping your tickets. Yeah. 8,000 people are going to say, nope. Yeah. I've, I've had them since we were terrible. That's no. it. Right. It is. It's Iowa State basketball. It's a rite of passage. It's, it's a rite of winner. Well put. Every single winner, that's yeah, what you I do agree. as a Cyclone fan. Totally agree. It's not going to be 
lick lighter basketball at Carver. No, 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 no. It's not going to be that direction. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we will know here soon, I would think. All right, so we're going to do some NFL early tomorrow. Hopefully uh, working on uh, our friend Adam Emenecker to help us out with Drake tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Zuba Mahente will be here uh, as well. All right, Murph and Eddie coming in here today from 1 until 3. And then, of course, the Fanatics from 3 until 6 tomorrow morning. The Morning Rush kicks a local day of programming off as they always do. We're Miller and Condon, 10 to noon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.